And so, like, you always have these, like, nervous, like, you get kind of nervous because, I mean, I haven't done that in a long time. You, like, you start thinking about, what are they going to think if I say something stupid? But, like, I just was just back there, and I'm just, I decided that I'm going to refuse to worry about anything anymore, forever. I just feel like, I mean, I know I will eventually, but for right now, it's just one day, one moment at a time, I'm going to refuse to worry about anything because God is in control. But I was back there, and while I was not worrying, my heart began to overflow with gratefulness and thankfulness uh, of this body of believers that we have um, because everybody in here is so seeking after God that it's like contagious. And if there isn't, if there's somebody in here that isn't seeking after God, it's like they catch on to it because they see the change and it's, it's just awesome. And, uh, and I can tell you that ever since I started coming here, there hasn't been a week that's gone by that I wasn't challenged by something uh, twice a week, at least twice a week. And um, if I dug into God's Word even more after I left this place, then I was challenged even more. And that's usually what happens when I come here, and I'm just, like, encouraged by it. And uh, I, I didn't always accept the challenge that God put on my heart, but I was miserable. And it was a, it was a challenge that uh, was a success because it made me miserable, and it made me want to seek after God even more. So I want to thank you all for being who y'all are and uh, seeking after God the way y'all do. It's just not very many places and not very many people that are like you guys. Y'all transcend social boundaries. Y'all just, just bust right through them. Rich, you know, not so rich, black, white, Mexican, all that. You'll just trample all those social boundaries that we have. And I want to say thank you because there's not very many places like that where they don't care what you wear as long as you're wearing something. You know what I'm saying? And they don't care about how much money you make. It's if, you make if you make money and you give it, I mean, well, we're thankful for that. You know, it's just all those kind of things. But I just want to say thank you. That's all. And um, speaking of money, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. It was, we're in this series called Trusting God. It's something that every one of us needs to do. It's something that every one of us struggles with at some point in time. There may be people in here struggling with right now, struggling to trust God because you're, you have all these questions. You might be a little bit confused. Well, we talked about uh, week number one in this series. Uh, it's been kind of broken up by Doug, Missions of Hope, and some other things, I think. I'm not really sure how long it's been since we talked about it. But um, um, the first week we uh, spoke about not worrying. Uh, Kenny preached on Matthew chapter 6 where it says, don't worry about what you eat or drink or what you wear. And at the very end... Um, he says, he says, don't worry about anything. First, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. Everything you need will be given to you. And don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow is owned by God. God owns our tomorrow. So we live for today. Because if we start worrying about tomorrow, then we we neglect our responsibilities for today, and we neglect that God tells us to enjoy today, but instead of enjoying today, we're worrying about tomorrow. But what happens tomorrow? You do the same thing. So you have day after day after day after day that you're worrying instead of enjoying, and it piles up even more because tomorrow is going to have some worries. Well, the next time, it's going to add a little bit more worries to your plate and a little bit more worries to your plate because you're neglecting things and your mind gets clouded. And so 
do not worry. I know we think we have a lot to worry about, but we really don't. I promise you, God owns your tomorrow, whether you're saved or not. He's trying to seek after you if you're not, and he's trying to, to work with you and help you to enjoy this life if you are. And he's trying to tell you, you can still trust me. I know you believed in me a long time ago, but that doesn't mean you have to start taking on responsibilities. I'm still here. I'm still the same God that you believed in when you, when you first got saved. And then secondly, uh, we talked about following the Holy Spirit and how Paul and Silas were going to go to certain places. And, and these two different places they were trying to go to, each time God, his Holy Spirit, convicted them and was like, no, don't go there. And so, okay, so I'm not going to go there. So they tried to go somewhere else. And, and they was like, no, don't go there. And so they, he went to sleep, and, and I, I can just imagine how I would be. I would be like, well, where am I supposed to go? I'd start worrying about it, right? I'd be like, well, we're, well God, I know you told me to go, but I don't know where to go, and, I, and I'm anxious to see. Well, one night, God gave Paul a, a dream, a vision about where to go. And the next morning, he was convinced in his heart that's where the Holy Spirit wanted him to go. That's where God wanted him to go. So he went, and God allowed him to go. He was actively waiting on where God wanted him to be. He was like, I, I, I'm going to go here. Well, God said, no. He said, okay, I'm not going to do that. But he wasn't just sitting back, sitting on his hands, not doing nothing. He was showing God, I want to do this. I want to go somewhere. I want to share your gospel. And so because of that, God led him. He was seeking, and God revealed to him. And God says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. He doesn't expect us to just sit on our hands. He wants to see that we love him. He wants to see that, that we want him. He knows our heart, but we have to, we have to dig in our hearts, and we have to, we have to want God. We have to, that, that's, that's us being blind when we don't want God, when we, we want the things of this world. That's us being blind. He's trying to open up our eyes. He's trying to help us to see. And him wanting us to seek after him is, is helping us. It is actually building those muscles. It's, it's actually helping us to see. It's opening up our eyes to see who God really is. We're not a bunch of robots. We have free choice. And so he followed the Holy Spirit. And trusting the Holy Spirit is trusting God. Following after the Holy Spirit is trusting God because you never know where he's going to lead you. They didn't know what was in Macedonia when, that, when God finally told them to go to Macedonia. They didn't know, but they went, and somebody got saved because of it. And that's what happens when you trust God. You're provided for no matter what, and the Holy Spirit will always lead you, always, never fails. And uh, so this week, or tonight, we're going to be talking about something that at some point in life, everybody will struggle with. Everybody will struggle with money. Everybody will struggle with thoughts of money. Some people will struggle with being rich. Some people will struggle with being poor. See, the thing about money is, is everything revolves around money, right? Everything. Everything revolves around money, but not everything is about money. Isn't that crazy? See, that's how God made it. Everything revolves around money. The clothes you wear, it costs money. The things you do, you go out to the movies, you have a family, those things cost money. Food costs money. But see, God made it to where we work for that money so that we can eat. We're working for it. And see, even before Adam and Eve sinned, they worked. God put them to work. God was, was uh, giving them responsibilities. See, we, we feel good when we have a responsibility, don't we? It, we're, we're really get to this point where we're depressed if we don't have a responsibility, we don't have something to put our mind and our efforts and our strength towards. We, don't have, we get depressed, we get down on ourselves when we don't 
have something to challenge us and build our muscles, build our spiritual muscles or our physical muscles. That's just something, that's just how we are. That's how God wired us. He gave us a job to do, whether it's school or anything like that. It's, it's God giving us a responsibility, and that's how he wired us. He wired us to work. But money has a way of getting to us, right? It has a way of controlling us. It has a way of, of putting, taking our eyes off of God and putting it on it, on the money. So everything revolves around money, but not everything is about money. So let's read about money. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, and we're going to be starting in verse 10, if you have your Bible. And by the way, did everybody get an envelope? If you didn't, that's cool. I don't want you to get one now. Okay? But uh, y'all hold on to that, and don't look in it if you didn't get the instructions. Do not look in it. Some of y'all probably have. Just don't tell anybody else. Okay? So we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 10. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people will come to help you spend it. So what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. So, it says that people who love money never have enough. I really feel like, this, this, is, this is what I feel like, and, and this is what I see. I really feel like people my age, and I guess adults are already there, but when, when you're young, I really feel like we assume and expect certain things out of our life, right? We, we look at the, you know, in the, into the future, which we should and should not do in a way. We, shouldn't, we should trust God with our future, right? God owns our tomorrow, right? That's still a principle that carries over into this message. We should, absolutely we should plan. We should say, I, I think I want to be this and, and, and see where God is leading you. But, but to look into the future and expect certain things. And, and I, I feel like as, as young adults, I feel like we really struggle with assuming and expecting that when we get older, we will have a certain living we can picture ourselves living a certain way. We, we think to ourselves that some point, at some point in time that we'll have enough money to pay for a certain car. Or we look at our careers and we base them off of, our, off of how much money. Now, we do put a range on it, right? We say, well, yeah, I... I don't care if I make like $200,000, but I mean, I don't really want to make any less than fifty. You know, like, it's like looking at your career, and, and when you're looking at that, you're looking at trying to go to college and all this kind of stuff. We start to think about those things, and, and you put a limit on that. We start to assume that we're going to make a certain amount of money. We start to expect a lifestyle, and if we don't get that lifestyle, what, what's, what's wrong with that picture? See, we, we, expect, we expect to when we grow up, that we're going to be able to buy certain things or have kids and, and have this house or live this lifestyle. We, we have a picture in our minds. Everybody does. 
It's not something that, that some people struggle with, some people don't. I, I really feel like just everybody has this picture in their mind what they want to be, what they want to do. And what's wrong with that picture? What happens is, is when you get older, and when you get 22 like me, you start to think things like, well, you know, uh, I got this debt that I got, you know, credit cards, or, you know, now I got this, uh, you know, this car that I paid for, that I'm trying to pay for, or things like that, and you assume that one day you're going to get that, you're going to, you know, get that paid off, and, and you're going to be financially successful, and you're going to be financially well and comfortable, right? We all want that, and it's like, well, they make a good living for themselves. They're, they're comfortable. They're not rich, but they're comfortable. What is a comfortable lifestyle? I don't even understand that, but uh, anyways, you know, I think God kind of calls us out of our comfort zone a little bit, but yet we still want. Anyways, so we start thinking thoughts like, well, see, I'm, I'm going to get this starter house, and then when I have this starter house, maybe one day I'll be able to build my own house, or I'll live in this neighborhood, or, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll be okay with like a four-bedroom, two-bath. I mean, you know, anything smaller than that, though, I don't know, because, you know, the closets and, and you know, like older houses are not big enough, and I need more space, and I really want a big yard, because, because, you know, big yards, you can put a pool, you know, you can put a really big pool, and, and if you're a guy, you can, you can build a garage in the back and, and have you like a little man cave, you know, I mean... It's all kinds of stuff that we start thinking about, and, and what do we do? We base our, our jobs off of that, right? We start to think, well, well more money's better. Yeah, but, well, this job offers like $15 an hour, and shoot, I'm going to make $14.75 over here. Let's go over there because, you know, there's a higher chance that I get to move up in the company. You know, it's just a better opportunity for me, 401K. I, I got that here, but, you know, they got good benefits over there. The health insurance over there is killer. I mean, really, a collab because you get saved with health insurance. But you see what I'm saying? It's like everything, we start thinking about those things. But everything, everything that I just talked about revolves around money. But there's something wrong with that. Because we build that expectation in our minds, and it gets locked in. When you're 16, it's different than when you're 22, but it still gets locked in. Because now that I'm 22, I had no idea that I was gonna be, where I was going to be living. had no idea how much money I was going to be making. I thought I was actually going to be graduated from college by now. But that's not true. So what happens? You get to that point in your life, and you're disappointed. You're disappointed in your life. You're disappointed because, you know, you don't, you don't make quite as much money as you thought. Or you're disappointed because, you know, your friend over here just graduated from law school. You know, how is he? He's 20, only 22. But he took, like, 52 hours a semester, and, you know, he graduated in two years. Why aren't you that smart, Keith? You're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you start thinking about these things, whether, you know, according to your scenario, but we get disappointed. We get down on ourselves because our life sucks, you know? We don't make, we don't make a million dollars a year, you know? And, and we expected something, but we get disappointed, and then all of a sudden you start worrying about it. It's like, well, oh my gosh, I thought, I never thought that I would have, you know, this much credit card debt because I thought I was going to be disciplined about it. I was really on top of that, you know? But now I got this car payment. Oh, Lord, oh my gosh. We're going to have a kid. You know, like, like man, how am I going to pay for that? Like, I don't even got enough money to pay for myself right now. I can't even eat. You know, I try to go out to McDonald's. My bank account goes to the negative. You know what I'm saying? Anybody get, can I get an amen? You know, I mean, that's just, that's just reality, though. 
And we start to think that life isn't about struggles. And let me tell you something, kids, guys, students, I guess everybody. There's something going around in the workforce nowadays called laziness. And the thing is, is that those expectations that we have about our lives go over into our jobs because we think when we go in there and we put this box on this shelf or we drive this truck this place or we turn that wrench or we do whatever, we click on that mouse at the, at the office, we think that we deserve more money than what we are getting paid. Why? Because our expectations are way up here for our lives and we're just not getting paid enough. But the reality is we might be living a tad bit above our means. And so what do we do? We stress about that. And we think, I need a better job. Well, someone told me this great advice one time, you spend what you make. And see, that's, that's wrong. It's wrong to think that way. It's wrong to go into this workforce. And the thing is, is um, I've heard a lot of people, I know, I know like, you know, like older people, they kind of look down on the younger people. Sometimes they might like have like a weird, you know, things like, well, all they do is play video games. I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing video games, but there is something wrong with being lazy, you know. There is something wrong with, with, with going to work and expecting more money than what they give you because you accepted that when they said, hey, I, wanna, I want you to be here working this and doing this for this amount of money per hour, and we're not content with that. But at the same time, it, it becomes like a disappointment when work is hard. When, when work is, is extremely hard and, and when you're tired and when you got to wake up in the morning and, and life is not as easy as it was in high school and, and when, when you get into this workforce, you start complaining to yourself and, and before you know it, you're just this bitter, angry person who does not like life and it thinks that they, they, they should get more than what they are getting. You think you deserve more than you do. And you sit there and throw yourself a little pity party. Well, let me tell you something. Going back to the, to the message, or we're going back to the passage. It says, those who love money never have enough. Do you love money? Do you love money? What do you base your, your career off of? What do you base everything that you know of? What do you base your, your wardrobe off of? Do you base everything that you know of around money? Because I know the first thing I ask when, when Kylie says something about buying something, I say, how much it costs? Because, I mean, I, I got, you know, we got phones now that we can check our bank account on our phones. And I'm like, let's see, no, we're in a negative already, girl. We got, I got to pay Friday and this Monday? No, we got to wait next paycheck. You know, that's a bigger one. I get paid from the church. But we, it's, it's just crazy to me. No, I'm just kidding. She don't spend much as I do. She just don't know it. I got, you know, like, see, the thing is, I got to hire, like, um, like, like, I got to hire taste. You know, like, I got a taste for things that are more expensive. She got a taste for things less expensive. But let me just tell you a secret, she gets more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get one thing that costs like 150 bucks or something like that, and just throw a number out there. She get like five things for like 37. I'm like, why are you, you getting so much stuff? And I'm just like, you know, whatever. Anyways, I'm just throwing all, guys, this is what marriage is like, okay? You know what I'm saying? You can be thinking she's spending your money, but really you spend the more of it. 
But uh, ladies, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not putting you on a pedestal. Y'all are not always right, okay? But for real, though, y'all are not. And don't think it. And, and men, don't be yes men, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right now. You put your foot down. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I'm in trouble. I'm up here, though. I, I can say that later. I'll get it, I'll get it later. It's later. It's funny now. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, that expectation, that expectation builds, and it really disappoints us. And it says, it says that what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? And how meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Because somehow those expectations start to creep in, and we think that more money, if we can have a decent house, a decent car, uh, you know, like decent wardrobe, and, and uh, you know, have enough money to, to put my kids through, through this and college and all that kind of stuff, we think that that will make solving life's problems just a tad bit easier. If we have that, as long as we have a roof over our heads and, and nice clothes to put on and a, and a nice house or whatever, we, we have that in our head. We won't say it all the time, but if we, if we, when we say that kind of stuff and, and we think that if we have those things, that life's problems will be a little bit easier to solve because we can always come back to our nice way. We can always drive our nice car. And all these other things are just minor things. So we can, we can do that and, and life's problems will be a little bit easier to solve when in reality, those begin to be your problem. The things that we think that will solve our life's problems begin to be our life problem. And it consumes us. And what good is wealth besides to watch it slip through your fingers because I got a million dollars, what you going to ask me? Y'all going to ask me to buy y'all's dinner, huh? Yeah, that's what y'all going to do. Y'all going to know. Y'all might not ask it, but I'll come to the dinner table over there at Applebee's right after Wednesday night service, and I got a million dollars in my pocket. You'll be like, I bet he's going to pay for our dinner. You know? And y'all ain't going to say nothing. But then when I do, y'all just be like, oh, thank you so much. I knew he was going to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you know, like, when you have more money, everybody else is going to be your friend. You know, when you're poor, no one's going to be your friend. I mean, that's just how it is. Proverbs says that, by the way. It's not Keith's opinion. I'm saying, though, like, money never stays around. And get-rich-quick schemes, students, they don't work. You know what I'm saying? You can't create a game app and get a millionaire by tomorrow and think it's going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? That's just, it's just, you know, this is life. You know, everybody struggles with money. And it says, people who work hard, no laziness, People who work hard sleep well. When you get to the end of your day, you worked 8, 10, 12, 14 hours, you get home, you're tired. You're going to go straight to sleep, ain't you? Yeah, that's right. Amen. And it says, whether they eat little or much, whether they are rich or whether they are poor, because rich people can afford food, poor people can't. Poor people can't. Good gosh. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. Now, the rich is talking about there is not talking about the, you know, being able to eat well. It's talking about someone who is focused on their money, focused on them having a lot of it. Why do they not get a good night's sleep? Because money stresses you out. And it's going to keep going. It's going to keep getting better. It says, there's another serious problem I have seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour, and everything is lost. In the end, there is nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born. 
we can't take our riches with us. And this, too, is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. So, we shouldn't think. How foolish are we to think that money brings true happiness? And then it says, this is another serious problem that I've seen under the sun. The fact that people try to hoard riches. They want to keep it all to themselves. I heard somebody say, I don't know who it was, but it's people, the more money they make, the less they want to like give to the church. It's like, you know, well, you know, 10% for me is like, you know, it's like way out the roof. But like, you know, 10% for somebody else like that is like, you know, yada, 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 so on and so forth. They begin to get stingy. Why? Because they want to keep it for themselves. But there's a problem with that. You see, they try to invest and, you know, and make their money grow exponentially. They, they try to invest here, and they want their money to grow here, and they want to go to work, and, and they don't want anybody else to spend their money. Well, the things they want to spend their money on, they want to make more money off of. It's, everything revolves around money. But there's a problem because the fact that we leave this world just like we came into this world, naked and poor. You cannot take money with you. And think about this just for a second. What do you want your legacy to be? What legacy do you want to leave behind, woman or man? What do you want to leave behind? When you die, what do you want people to say about you? How do you want people to view you when you die? Do you want it to be, man, they had a lot of money. And the thing is, is that you'll never see, I mean, just, just think about it for a second. You work your whole life, and you got a million dollars in your bank account, right? Well, let's just say that. Everybody's got a million dollars. And then you die. What was the point? What is the point in that? See, we, we want to make all this money so we can spend it. And some of us think we want to make this money so we can give it away. But something happens in our hearts. Something happens. We get greedy. We get stingy. We want to keep this money to ourselves. And we work and work and work and work and work. And we want to get this money. We want, to, we want money to grow. We want, we want to, to be able to pay for certain things that look nice. We want our image to be nice. And we want, we want the things that we wear to, to reflect how much money we make. We want all this stuff because it revolves around money and what happens. You work your whole life for nothing like working against or working for the wind. It's like nothing. You work for nothing, and you live your whole life frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Why? You're frustrated. Man, I just can't believe this job ain't paying me enough. And you're discouraged. Man, I'm, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to get out of this debt. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about debt. You shouldn't have it. None of us should have debt besides the good debt. You know, Dave Ramsey, you know. He says, you know, house is good, debt, whatever, so on and so forth. Debt is just stressful, you know, whatever. Not that you shouldn't have it. It's not unbiblical, I don't think. I don't know. Don't take my word on that. 
Don't take it on that because I don't know. But what I'm saying is debt is just like, you know, you don't want it, you know, that kind of thing. But let me just tell you something. My debt that I owe God was so much higher than the debt I owe any credit card company or any car company or bank. My debt for my sin was so much higher, and God didn't let that stop. He didn't stop. He didn't let that stop him from using me. That's not saying, well, he's just going to clear your debt out and you can just go spend whatever on a credit card and you can go do this, you can go take out a loan out for this, and it'll be okay because God's going to take care of it. There's, you need to be diligent. You need to think about that. But don't let the debt that you have slow you down. Don't let it discourage you that you have that. You don't think you never get out of this hole or that your credit score isn't high enough. Don't let money stop you from being effective for the gospel because I promise you that debt is nothing to God. God, God will take you out of that hole if, you, if that's his will, I guess. But if you trust him, he won't let that affect how you are used for the gospel. He won't let you worry about that. You shouldn't worry about that. Yes, you should be diligent to pay that off. You should be diligent to, to pay what you owe. That's biblical. You should do that. But I'm saying it, won't, it shouldn't slow you down. It shouldn't be that, that you, don't, you don't spend your money to go to, go to Haiti or, or to do something because you have too much debt or something like that. Don't let that affect you. Don't let that slow you down. Don't let that freeze you up in life and not let God use you. It's just... It's just purposeless. Like, why, why would we do that? I mean, it's, it, it happens because we let money take over, and we get stressed about it, but we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't. That, that, that become, God becomes our money then. I mean, uh, money becomes our God instead of God being our God, and that's not right. Just like anything else. Just like anything else shouldn't be our God over God. Money shouldn't be our God, and we're angry let me tell you something, students. When you get married, the number one thing that people argue about is money. And maybe the reason why is because we think we don't have enough or things get stressful, money gets tight. Well, you start to get angry on the inside and you take it out on the person that you love. And it may not be anything that they're doing. It may not be that they're doing something wrong, but there's something that builds up inside of you that stress. Everything becomes stressful. When you start to worry about money, everything else becomes stressful. Why? Because everything revolves around it. Everything revolves around it. When you go out to eat for, for dinner, you want to take your wife, you want to go out to eat with your husband, it costs money, and if you're stressed about money, you cannot enjoy that dinner. Do you see how simple things can be, but how stressful money can make it? It's not right. It's not how it should be, because the God in your marriage, the center of your marriage, should not be money. It should be God. And you let Him control what you spend. You ask Him, how should I spend my money? How should I be? So, my question to you is, do you still want to be rich?
Do you still want to be rich? Even so, I have noticed one thing, at least, that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them, and to accept their lot in life. One thing that is good is that we should eat, we should enjoy eating with each other. We should enjoy drinking, not alcohol, I'm not saying that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Eating and drinking and enjoying your work. And then lastly, he says, accepting your lot in life. That's how you enjoy your work. Because you are content with what God has given you. Did everybody get an envelope? At this point in time, I want you to open your envelope. I want you to pull it out and look at it. My wife is poor. She got to do a two. I made that, you know, I planned that out. I'm just kidding. Did you really get a two? I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told the Lord not to let me lie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's funny. That's funny right there. But some of y'all got, like my wife, y'all got twos. Y'all got threes. Some of y'all got kings. Some of y'all got aces. Some of y'all are a joke. Y'all got a joker. And y'all don't even know what your life is going to be like, you know. Y'all are either going to be a comedian or your life, you're going to be broke as a joke. But I don't know what's going to happen. But if you got a two or you got a three, I want you to understand that you can have every bit as much joy in your life as the person with the king. And I want you to understand if you have a king, you are no better than the person with a two. And we are to accept our lot in life. We are to accept the hand that we are dealt. And that takes trusting God. Trusting that God put us in a specific place for a specific reason. For the people that we are around, the workplace that we are in, the family that we have, the amount of money we make where we are placed in this life, whether we're in America or whether we're in Haiti, that is for a reason, and we should accept our lot in life. And if we don't, we will live our lives frustrated, discouraged, and angry. But isn't it crazy that God actually wants you to enjoy your life? Every moment, He wants you to enjoy your life. And it goes on to say, and it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and, to, and the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. It is so crazy to me that God actually wants us to enjoy every moment and not stress about a single Think. That is insane. But how do we do that? We don't stress about things that don't matter. You know what matters? Nothing. When we follow after God, God puts everything in place for one purpose. And that's what Ecclesiastes says, that he works all things for, all things for our good in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. But in this 
part of the Bible, he says that he works all things for the purpose of us fearing him and obeying his commandments. What is the best thing for us? And where will we find the most joy? Where will we find the most peace? Where will we find true happiness and have a way out of frustration, discouragement, and anger? Where can we find these things? In God. And when we fear Him, as in we are in awe of Him, we see Him for who He truly is, we neglect our sin now. We say, sin, I don't want you, I want that. Because you leave me frustrated, you leave me discouraged, and you leave me angry. But God, you give me joy, you give me peace, you give me love that I've never felt before. And you give me forgiveness for all the things that I did that was against you. We see God for who he truly is. We fear him. And because we fear him and we love him, we obey his commandments. There's a song that says, I find my joy in worshiping you, Lord. You know what we think we can find our joy in, but we really can't? Money. We think that a new car will bring us joy. I had a, I had a forerunner that had, this is just a small example, and it's really, may not make sense to any of y'all, but it makes sense to me. I had a forerunner. It was a 2000 model. It had like 250-something thousand miles on it. I put 200,000 miles on it. I mean, 100,000 miles on it in like four or five years. I, I drove that thing to death. And one day, my radiator went out, drained all the transmission fluid in it, didn't know it. For three months, it didn't have transmission fluid in it, and the transmission started acting up after three months, which is crazy to me. I didn't even notice. But the thing is, is right before my wedding, my mom went and got me a car. She got me a, a, a newer vehicle. And I thought, man... This is going to be awesome. And this is going to bring me so much joy, so much happiness. I think this is going to be it's awesome. And we, we don't, I, don't, I didn't intend to think that way. It was just like, you know, I don't know. I was excited about it, but I, I, it was a little bit more than that. I know it was because of my heart condition behind it. I, I know it was. And I got the car. You know how much happier I was now that I got this car versus when I had my other one? I'm not happier. I don't have any more joy in my life. I mean, I, I appreciate it, and I'm grateful for it. But if I didn't have it, I mean, I still have joy in my heart. I still have every bit as much joy because the lot in life that God gave me was so that I would lose my car or the lot in life that God gave me was so that I would have one. Either way, I have as much joy, every bit as much joy. But I want to leave... I just want to end with this, though. There's some of us in here who are like me that struggle with you hear that something's wrong and you love God with all of your heart and you want to obey Him. You want to fear Him and obey Him and you want your life to be what He wants your life to be. But we make the mistake by, I said one time that if you love God, you'll hate your sin every bit as much as you love God. But sometimes we make the mistake of hating our sin instead of loving God. You see, loving God and, and looking to Him and trusting Him will result in you hating your sin. But if you do it the other way around 
and start to hate your sin, you're going to live your life frustrated, discouraged, and angry because you will never be able to defeat sin on your own. And your hate for sin does not result in love for God, whereas the other way around it does. It builds up pride, and you begin to stress about things like money when you try to hate your sin. You try to hate money, you try to hate the sin of money, you're going to look at money the wrong way. You're going to look at money as if it's bad. You love God. You pursue after Him and you say, God, I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink and I'm going to enjoy the job that you gave me. I'm going to accept the lot that you gave for me in my life. I'm going to accept the hand that you dealt me. And I love you, Lord. I love you with all of my heart. You know what money begins to look like? It begins to look like a God thing. God, thank you for the money I have. God, thank you for giving and taking away. God, thank you for everything you do. God, thank you for using me to provide for somebody else, although now I have nothing. When Jesus was telling people, you, you, you didn't do, like, he said, I want to follow you, but he said, there's one thing you should do. You should sell all of your possessions and give your money to the poor. He didn't want to do it. But when we love God, we'll say, thank you, God, for helping me to sell my possessions. God, thank you for sending the people to buy it so that I can give more money to these people. Or if God says, I want you to be a millionaire, God, thank you for making me a millionaire so that I can give 90% of my income and keep 10 instead of give 10 and keep 90. Everything starts to look a lot different when you look at it through the lens of loving God instead of hating your sin. Because you'll live your life with joy. Accepting your lot in life and enjoying this life is what God wants you to do. Because you'll be so much more effective for the gospel. They'll see a joy in your heart and in your life that they don't see in anything else. How many people do you know that stress about money? A lot of people. Everybody that I know. And if they see you and that joy and that peace you have and you can tell them why, it's for the cause of the gospel. And it's crazy that the gospel calls us to enjoy our lives and not stress about things, not even stressing about trying not to sin. Do you understand that? Do not stress about trying not to sin. You love God and it will happen naturally. You love God, you will learn from your sin. You love God, you will, you will learn from your mistakes. You love God, you will not care how much money you make. So tonight in your small groups, I want you to discuss what money is to you. I want you to discuss what your future plans are and talk about how money makes you feel or how much money you want to make, those kind of things, and talk about why that may or may not be a good idea and especially talk about your love for God. So let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray that, God, sometimes, sometimes I even worry about, Lord, this is, what your, this is what your passage is talking about. This is what your word is talking about. But, God, sometimes I just don't see, like, how does somebody hear this? How does somebody hear your word being preached about this topic and then them give their life to you? Lord, I pray that you have used your word and that you have used me 
And that the words that were spoken, Lord, I pray they were, they were yours. And God, I pray that the conviction that you placed in their hearts, God, I pray that you would not let it just go by. God, I pray that, that everybody in here that, that is, is struggling with something and stressed out about something, God, I pray that they would come and give it to you, Lord. Because those, those worries in your heart and in your life, they're not meant to be there. They're meant to be given to you, Lord. You, you want us to enjoy this life. God, we can't enjoy this life if we're constantly stressed out and worried about something, and especially not money. So, Lord, I pray that you would just, your Holy Spirit would convict hearts in this time. And that's all we can ask, Father. And we want to thank you for your great love for us and the fact that you call us to enjoy this life. And, God, that's just a blessing. And we don't deserve it. But thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.